Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Camarado, if you're tuning in for the first time and you are tuning into Mary Ann Live, a program that I've hosted for going on 12 years dedicated to helping you attract and create healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationships starting within yourself. And uh, over the years, I have endeavored to bring to you human potential leaders, healers, doctors, authors. Uh, people who have devoted their lives to helping you uh, deepen your relationship with yourself, with intimate relationship, with your children, with money, with your health, with the world. And today is not dissimilar. However, the topic is one that I've never come across. And I have to say it's touched me deeply. Um, Disappearing dads, right? The absent father syndrome. And in this case, uh, my guest today, who's going to be joining us a little bit later, has written a book called Why Dads Leave. Uh, John Travis, MD, is going to be joining us a little bit later this hour to talk about his theory and his approach to healing this pandemic issue, uh, particularly here in the Western culture, which has been his focus. And it got me to thinking deeply about the epigenetic parts of that, the inherited, um, heritable aspects of this, the social aspects, the spiritual aspects, all of the ways that this issue uh, is influenced. And it is no small thing. It may be in my opinion, one of the biggest healing pieces that we are looking for here on the planet, really, to restore balance to the imbalance of the feminine and the shadow. So, yeah, we're going to explore that this hour. Before we do, um, what we're into here on Marian Live is um, helping you uh, also cultivate and deepen your personal practice. Uh, that includes your relationship with the divine, your relationship with your uh, self-regulation, your interior relationship uh, with psyche, with soul, all of that that uh, we need to attend to through practice. And we all have different practices. They include body, mind, soul um, resources that you've cultivated. So. One of the things we like to do at the top of the hour here at every program 
is to invite you into the practice and two things I like to do, and we're going to do the first one right now, which is invite you into a little deeper relationship with your embodied self. The body is not separate from who we are, although we often treat it as it's a machine or at our whim. We use it, drive it, um, and so forth, and most of us know that that leads to imbalance and all kinds of issues. So to come back into relationship with ourselves, one way to do that is through the breath, right? Just finding your breath, noticing where your breath is in your body right now as it expands and contracts. It may or may not be comfortable, but we're just noticing, just bringing that attention and awareness to our breath starts that healing, the connection or reconnection with the self. Seeing if you can just drop a little deeper into your breath and as you do, listening to your body, any sensations that might come up for you, noticing that, any tightness, for example, heat or cold, anything you notice that's a sensation. Any emotion or feeling coming with this noticing. What's happening in the actual body, if you do a scan, sometimes there's a relaxation of the shoulders. Your jaw might open slightly, your teeth part. You might notice your breathing slows down some. You might notice you're putting your hands on a certain part of your body, bringing even greater attention to your breath. And just staying with that for another moment as you settle and arrive a luxury, it seems, for so many of us to bring this kind of attention, even though it takes a moment, transitioning from this to that, from that to this. Yet when we do, we are giving ourselves such a gift not in theory, <laughs> in actuality. Our neurobiology is shifting and changing. Our psychology is expanding. I read a recent study talking about how empathy is cultivated in these non-doing moments. 
and you're building your ability to tolerate what's happening in life by shoring up in these times of introspection. So allowing yourself to really appreciate this moment as we start to turn our attention from breath to finding some gratitude. It's a very big portal in my experience. It's not always easy to get to nor cultivate. Often we get lost in our mind's drive to be fixing or completing or doing whatever needs to be done and Again, this takes a kind of intention to pause and wait as we settle to inquire into such a thing. So I'm inviting you to do that here by offering you an inquiry question to help you pave the way. And that is, who helped make it possible for you to do what you're doing right now? And I might even invite you to think about your father or the archetype of the father. It doesn't have to be your actual father if that's a trigger for you. Sometimes it is. Maybe there is the archetypal father, which shows up in many ways in institutions that support, in schools, in learning, in, in some of those kinds of ways. Maybe your inner father. Whatever it is, just see if you can will consider adding the father aspect of gratitude. How has the father helped you do what you're doing right now, including the simple fact of the life-giving force of the father in the birth process, conception, the genes that you have, the ability to stand or move or breathe in part an offering from the father. You go ahead and go down your list You cultivate this sense of gratitude. And gratitude, as we know, once we start to experience this state, things also shift. We start to see the world differently. We start to open. Sometimes it's experienced as an opening, a a widening of awareness, a softening might occur, an allowing. How has the Father helped you do what you're doing right now in your life, including the archetypal Father, a role that we often see all around us that is concretized in some unfavorable ways for people, particularly these days. How can we start to shift that move and seeing the loving father, the supportive father, the enduring father in ourselves and perhaps in our actual fathers? I know for myself this has not been an easy inquiry over the years. <clears throat> 
my father was a very complicated man and also the product of his own environment culturally, psychologically, socially, and so forth. And it's right about here that I wanted to share a story with you um, as you are starting to feel the effects of your breath and deepening sense of gratitude. Um, before I married my husband, uh, David, who I'm with now, we've been together almost 15 years, um, I recognized my own relationship with my father. Um, there were things that were not healed or uh, didn't feel complete for me, and then he passed away, which was shocking to me. I had imagined that my father would grow old, he would soften, he would see the air of his ways, and et cetera. He would ask for my forgiveness, he would become an amazing grandfather, and try to make it up to me. Right? This is my, <laughs> my private little fantasy. And unfortunately, my father died of a heart attack on his birthday when he was 63. Was quite young, and this is surprisingly infuriating to me. I was, yeah, I was pretty much a mess, and didn't get to clean that up in the in the way that I thought that I would. And you know, like I said, the the onus being on my father. Uh, so that being said, um, I spent the next couple of years working. You know, very deeply with this sense of the father archetype and knew that before I got married that if I didn't attend to this in some even more significant way, I'd done a lot of work in this area, but there were things that I knew I, I needed to heal or at least address and name and sort of create a greater awareness around, even in my relationship with my then boyfriend, now husband. Um, and something really amazing happened in the midst of um, a reverie that I had had. It was a, a dream, and then I awakened from the dream and was in that sort of um, in-between state. And uh, just to give a little context, my father, he was married, I think, five times. or I know he had five significant relationships. pretty sure he married all of them. There may have been one he didn't, but... Um, Somewhere along the line in my, his marriage to my mother, his first wife, um, he, he left us, I think it was eight, and the wound and the story and the mythology that went with that is one that I told repeatedly throughout my life. And as we do, you know, it becomes sort of our, uh, I don't know, our, our story, as they say, right? My dad left. He was this. He was that. He did this. He did that. He didn't do this, et cetera. And um, anyway, I had been saying, you know, my dad left, and I was pretty angry for many years um, in general uh, at men, not unlike a lot of other people I know, men included. <laughs> so this, this absent father was not anything I was a stranger to, is what I'm trying to say, um, for men leaving specifically. You know, that my life would have been better or different or et cetera, et cetera, if my dad would have stayed. And so, anyway, this one night my dad came to me in this reverie, and I'll never forget it. I can still see it as I'm speaking about it. He said, Marianne, I, 
didn't leave you, I didn't know how to stay. Estelle brings tears to my eyes. I didn't know how to stay. And something inside of me shifted. I really resonated at some deep soul level, I guess. And in that moment, I was flooded with a sense of forgiveness and started to shift the way I looked at my relationship with my father instead of someone that I had all these expectations of and how he didn't do it right and he did some pretty awful things. I, but I started to shift from what I didn't get, what I didn't need to try to understand and being curious about him and, and then further what it even meant to be a parent. And that one statement was my portal for understanding and my guest today that we're going to talk with a little bit later um, has taken that and on steroids run with uh, his version of trying to understand why dads leave. John Travis, MD, is going to be joining us in just a little bit. But So for me, what I noticed is I started to soften. I started to shift my relationship with my husband and improved dramatically. It was already a great relationship and very healthy, but I had space for compassion and a lot of curiosity and my father actually on an energetic level became an ally um, and I started to look at my childhood and my history quite differently um, now with the shift in perspective and isn't that the case though right when we when we have such an awakening it's not that I had forgotten some of the awful things but I, I didn't feel like I wanted my story to be only focused on those aspects of my father and who he was I I had suddenly room, uh, not only with that story, but room inside myself, my own interior male sense of myself and so forth. So very big conversation. And as we move into uh, the rest of the program, I invite you to consider uh, your father, your father staying or leaving. Uh, and according to these experts uh, and my guests, book, you know, sometimes fathers can be physically present but emotionally unavailable. They're absent, right? They might not physically leave, but they're not really there. And there's a reason for that, according to John Travis, and we're going to talk about that this hour. But go ahead and sit with that uh, and starts to bubble up inside of you. Something starts to stir, knowing that you can always come back to your breath if you get too activated. And let's see what our guest, John Travis, has to share with us, helping us move towards understanding and healing. When we come back right after these messages, why dad sleeps, we're going to find out in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well... I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. 
We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Hi, everybody. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. Honey, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, The Great Relationships Begin Within, Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com. Okay, so you have a couple of days off, and you're planning to get away from stress. You may be planning to go across the world or even taking a staycation around town. Well, Hotels.com can get you a room in over 158,000 hotels, 60 countries, for 50% off. That's reducing stress already. Plus, collect 10 nights, and you'll get one night free. And there's no cancellation charges, no change fees. For the best deals, even last-minute deals, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Hotels.com. Music, information, and friends. HealthyLife.net. Everybody. Welcome back. We are so glad you are with us today. John Travis, MD, MPH, graduated from medical school in Boston and specialized in preventative medicine in John Hopkins. He founded First Wellness Center in 1975 in Mill Valley, California, which was, was featured, as many of you know, in 60 Minutes. Uh, he's co-authored three editions of the Wellness Workbook, with a lot, which, which a lot of you are fans of out there, and developed a widely used online wellness inventory. In the 90s, his shift focused to infant wellness, co-founded the Alliance for Transforming the Lives of Children. Now he works with connected couples, thriving families, to end the epidemic of disappearing marriages that often occur after the birth of a child in nuclear families. Well, he's joining us today to talk about this insidious epidemic with male postpartum abandonment syndrome caused by a re-stimulation of the father's childhood wounding. Uh, and Dr. Travis is joining us today to talk about his book, Why Dads Leave. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. Good to be here, Marianne. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I have a soft spot for folks who are willing, who, scientists who are willing to get personal and talk about their own journey. And in the beginning of your book, you do that. You really open up and, and become completely transparent and vulnerable, in my opinion, about uh, the process that you went through yourself um, and which led you to do some deeper research. In a nutshell, tell us a little bit about how you came across the syndrome uh, by first looking at yourself? Well, my most difficult decision in my life was back in 1974 when I decided to leave my first wife after two years of intensive therapy with each other and trying everything and finding that we just couldn't live together. And that was very painful. Um, I've stewed on that for years. and gradually began to piece together what had happened. But it wasn't until 21 years later when I had a second daughter. I I vowed to not have children, and my second wife wasn't interested either. 
until we just learned about attachment parenting and saw there was a whole other approach that we didn't know about. Thought, well, maybe maybe it would be different, but it still was hard. I got depressed. That's been my coping mechanism since infancy of uh, depression um, as a way of avoiding the uncomfortable feelings or not um, expressing them. And so, uh, again, it was like, what's going on here? What's happening? And it was actually an article by Janine Parvati Baker that I read that clued, clued me in. And I began looking at it. I wrote a newsletter article about it in the late 90s when my second wife and I were actually planning to split up, but we didn't stay together for 18 years. And then uh, gradually, oh, Jed Diamond's book, uh, The Irritable Male Syndrome, gave me an idea. I, I immediately resonated with that title. I thought, well, give it a name. So uh, this male postpartum abandonment syndrome name <clears throat> came to me. It seemed to describe what, what was going on. And so... Uh, my journey continued, and as I began to sort out what I thought had happened and talk to other men who immediately resonated with it, and women, it became clearer and clearer that this is a phenomenon behind this epidemic of disappearing dads that doesn't get talked about. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. Would you characterize for us this epidemic um, and... You just so we can sort of have a, a sense of what it is, and then we'll talk a little bit about the generational forces, you say, and the societal or cultural yeah. aspects of this epidemic. Well, it's so common. I, I say, you know, having children destroys marriages. It's not the children, but it's having children in a nuclear family. We were never designed to have children and try to raise them with one or two people. It takes 3.87 adults per infant to adequately meet everybody's needs. So it's crazy. Wow. It's People are just trying to do the impossible and probably have jobs in the, as well. It's nuts. And we don't we take it as a norm because it has been for a while, but it, it's totally crazy. So um, the, the cultural uh, framework, the environment, is a big part of it. It's not the mom's fault or the dad's fault. It's the culture. And we have to change that culture and recreate extended families and uh, tribes and the, the way humans have lived for 99.9% .9 of our time on the planet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, obviously, uh, you know, this is a, probably a, a question that plagues you uh, still, is how did that happen? You know, <laughs> you know, why did that become normative? What was the, you know, did it support um, higher values in, in the culture for all these yep. thousands of years? You mean the uh, emergency family? Men leaving, you know, the, yeah, the, oh. the, the, well, yeah, the nuclear family being yeah. the inappropriate way we've structured it, and then men leaving, right? So this I is a norm, nuclear, right? This is normative. Yeah, uh, the nuclear family was a byproduct of the Industrial Revolution and destroying the local village, uh, people having to move to cities to find work, and then the increased siphoning of the... Uh, capital of communities to the uh, corporations so that you have to work two or three jobs to make less money than our parents did. The whole pressure of the culture to um, work harder and, and have fewer time for uh, friends, the loss of uh, social capital, as Book Bowling alone describes that, we've really shot ourselves in the feet, or, or worse, by buying into this and how to reverse it. That's 
the purpose of our uh, Connected Couples Thriving Families website. First of all, I want to say originally, uh, uh, A, when we came up with the title of the book, uh, the, uh, the uh, Why Dads Leave, I hadn't thought it through quite as much. It's really the epidemic of disappearing marriages. It appears that the father leaves because the mother and child usually stay together, but it's a, it's a co-creation. The partner's relationship starts to fall apart from lack of attention, from the overwhelm of the needs of the infant that you can't meet with one or two people. So it's really a much bigger picture than just dads leaving. And uh, secondly, I... Um, I initiated the book. Uh, my now ex-wife, Marin, did all the writing. I did the research and uh, some of the research and the editing and publishing. But when we separated, which was right around the time our daughter left home at age 18, and we were just about to publish the book as co-authors, um, that changed. And part of our separation agreement was for her to be the, the author. I'm a contributor of it. And... Uh, it was very painful. Um, this is close to my heart, and so it continues to be. Uh, but it's a big, big picture. Well, let's drill down. You know, here's something that I thought was interesting, and I love that you're saying this. Yes, this is complex. This is a co-creation, and archetypally, most of the onus or the pressure for raising children, being responsible for children, is placed on the mother. So this is one of the first times that we're hearing or, you know, where our culture is sort of starting to become more attuned to uh, the idea that, you know, maybe there's something else going on with the father. Because even, you know, psychologically speaking, you know, people go to therapy and they blame their parents, but the mom usually gets the worst rap. So that piece, I think, is in an important aspect at least initially, because you're naming something that most of us aren't that aware of. And we're going to go to break here in just a little bit. And when we come back, I want to talk more about this. But it really is this, this understanding of what's going on with the father. You know, because most of us think, uh, like the average American, that, you know, parenting is sort of more naturally, biologically, a mom's job, right? She's in charge of that. And you're trying to dispel that myth. Don't you agree? Well, I think it's even bigger than that. It wasn't just a mother's job. It was the women in the village and the extended family, the aunties, the um, grandmas. It wasn't a single woman trying to meet a baby's needs. That's a very recent artifact. And the men probably were off doing their own thing and not as involved. But in a nuclear family, the guy's got to be involved because there aren't enough hands to go around. So it's a whole different dynamic and one that we weren't, aren't really biologically equipped to, to deal with. The underlying issue of the man having his own disconnection from his traumatic birth, which most of us did, the hospitalized births, medicalized births, and all the things we do to little boys, they grow up looking for the mommy they never had, they find her merrier, they think everything's okay, and then they have a baby, and their wife is overwhelmed, and they get re-stimulated, so they try to self-medicate, and... About 95% leave emotionally and about 30% leave physically. That's a phenomenon that uh, is totally new. So uh, it's that re-stimulation of the wounding, both in the father and the mother, that right. we have Got to it. look at. And that's what people are afraid to do. 
Well, we're going to keep looking here on Marianne Live, and I uh, urge everybody to stay tuned. Don't touch that dial when we get back more right here with John Travis, MD. Why dad's leave? Well, we're trying to figure that out. Back in just a minute. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. Shh. Over here. Here's a secret for a virus-free computer. ESET. They've been a pioneer in the antivirus industry for over 25 years. 25 years of innovative, top-rated antivirus protection. ESET's award-winning security solutions provide a safe online experience for over 100 million home and business computer owners. They are so affordable, fast, and simple to use. So be gone, you blue screen of death. ESET's on my computer. If it's not on yours, visit HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ESET now. Did you know that in seven minutes you might save $522 on car insurance? Well, this makes sense. Since 21st Century Insurance's company's website has been rated number one in responsiveness by Keynote. Serving customers since 1958, 21st Century Insurance has a 24-7 online policy and claim service. You can get a quote fast and easy, so get your quote by visiting HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click right on the 21st Century Insurance banner. More exhilarating talk. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. I know you are all ears. This is a topic that is, unfortunately, has not been addressed as uh, widely as we would like. Um, you know, we were talking during the break, John, you and I, um, about that fact, right, that this is something that we don't know enough about yet, this syndrome, this epidemic of uh, what happens in the nuclear family and why dads leave. And I was even saying before I had you on, I, I used to be so angry uh, in my narrative about my father leaving and how I could have, I would have, I should have had my dad stayed. And... When I finally had a reverie with my dad, and my dad actually came to me in a dream, and he said, Marianne, I did not leave. I didn't know how to stay. And it changed my whole life, literally changed my whole life. I started to become curious. I started in my own way as a female to try and understand, oh, my gosh, what is it like to be a guy, a man, have a baby? I mean, you've talked about some of the broad strokes about what happens for men culturally and how they're imprinted and what their expectations are. But now let's talk a little bit about some of the other aspects here uh, that really do contribute to this epidemic, uh, this syndrome, the, the, how, the less known aspects that are sort of, I would call them shadowy bits, right, the things that lie in the unconscious that you actually experienced twice in, in both of your marriages. So let's talk a little bit about that. 
Yeah, uh, what's to say? The, uh, some of the symptoms are, uh, and I actually have a checklist for this, that people, both for men and for women, to look at what might be symptoms, because it's so hidden. I, I got mm-hmm. suspicious when I tried to figure, find out what are the actual statistics of how many men do leave after their child is born. I couldn't find them. I, I found a database, a national database, that I could extrapolate from, but no one has ever collected the data to show that there is a, a, a correlation between when a child is born and when a father leaves. We know it's about 30% in the first three or four years from extrapolating, but no one's collected that data. It's that uh, unknown. And as a, a friend of mine who tried to promote workshops that I did in the Melbourne, Australia area, he had a lot of experience with the media. He said, there's a dome of silence about this. I can't get any response. Mm-hmm. And it is too frightening. Anyway, the, the symptoms, some of the symptoms are that the father's bothered by unpleasant childhood memories, increased sexual interest in others, increased use of addictive substances, alcohol, drugs, gaming, TV, uh, increased irritability, depression, anxiety, feeling inadequate, uh, increased arguments with the partner, and increased amount of time away from home and family. Uh, I, I still remember when I shared this with Warren Farrell uh, in Mill Valley. He's a I love Warren. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot he of said, fans here on Marion Life. Yeah. He said, oh, sure, the dad's job is to go out and earn more money to support his wife and her new lover. Uh, what? <laughs> he can't say that. He can't even probably recognize it, but his little little boy is feeling that and mm-hmm. such a, a, because of his own wounding. If he had had adequate nurturing and uh, connection in his childhood, it'd be a whole different story. And that, to me, is the larger issue. Uh, America is the world's largest experiment in loneliness, and it's getting worse, despite Facebook and texting all the time. Mm-hmm. The level of connection that you see in cultures, like I, I like to watch Mexican families in restaurants in California, the way they're all talking around the table and the dad's holding the kids, you know, the, the connection. I lived in Costa Rica for some years, and the way they would relate on the bus, um, you know, it's, we have no And clue. touch each other, right? And they touch yeah. each other. Exactly. Like, I always thought, wow, I've never seen, I, when I lived in Italy, my boyfriend used to lock arm in arm with his friends, and I thought, is he, is he, is he bi curious, or what's that about, right? <laughs> we don't do that in this culture so much. Right? I know. I love being being around uninhibited Italians. I have a number of Italian <laughs> friends, and uh, I, I consider I need to be italicized. Yes, <laughs> we don't touch. And so here's the thing: you're you're bringing up this this connection, this issue of attachment again. And you know we're 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 all affected by this. You say you you make mm-hmm. a distinction around trauma and and this absence of connection as not necessarily a kind of trauma, but it is, does have as severe uh, effects, this, this absence, right, this, this loss of connection. Yeah. Well, there's a uh, lot of focus on early infant trauma, but it's really uh, neglect. And um, Bethel Vanderkolk, who's a big name in PTSD, he was asked yes. once about studying neglect. He says, We've neglected it. We, we haven't studied it. And the problem is because you don't have a traumatic event to experience of being beaten or whatever. 
all you can probably remember is being left alone in a crib to cry it out or you know, as absence of something and it doesn't it occurs before we're verbal uh, this whole thing of, of the way we raise kids separating them making them sleep alone uh, carrying them around in plastic containers uh, instead of in arms the, the, the values of attachment parenting are, are so important to meet these early needs I summarize all my work in wellness with six words the currency of wellness is connection and the wellness workbook is all about different kinds of connection it's it all boils down to connection and the lack thereof that we see in in American culture and that's why we're so lonely we don't even realize how unconnected we are so there there are many things that you write about in your book where you break down what this actually looks like you know the kind of quality of connection uh, the idyllic uh, way that you would bring a child into the world and so on and so forth. So we have, you give us some sense of what we can strive for. The thing that you say, though, is that we are, live in a culture that, beyond knowing what to do, we've inherited all these social constructs and the, the cultural climate and ideas mm-hmm. about gender and the normative ways we're supposed to move forward. And so couples come together in the best of hope and get torn apart because they don't understand this, right? That there isn't uh, an exactly. awareness around this dynamic. Say more about this. Well, we're clueless for the most part. Uh, when we wrote this book, uh, the idea was to head it off with new parents, and we found almost zero uptake. And then Marin and I realized, well, we wouldn't have read it. It couldn't happen to us. And so <laughs> now our folks, you know, despite the statistics, uh, it's, you know, we all think we're exceptions. So we're really aiming it at the helping professionals, the birth uh, people, the parenting educators, the coaches, and the grandparents who've probably been through it, people who will recognize this dynamic once it starts to set in because the, the uh, young couple who are first uh, few months with a the baby, they're all aglow, and then things start, the reality start to set right. in, the lack of sleep, the all the uh, pressures and so forth, uh, <clears throat> to have people prepared to know what's going on that they can fall back on and uh, provide okay. the support that's needed. Beautiful. Well, when we come back after the break, we're going to talk about what some of that support can look like, what clues, what you can notice, whether you're a helping uh, in the helping profession or you're someone thinking about having a child or wherever you are out in the spectrum. Uh, one thing we know is there is something we can do about it. It starts with awareness, and we'll go from there. More when we return right here on Marian Live. We'll be back right after these messages. I don't want to date anymore. What? Did you break up again? You said he's perfect. Well, I don't blame you. My last date lasted two minutes at a speed dating event. Are you still looking for the one? There are millions of singles looking for soulmates. Actually, drama-free love. Worry no more. Nine international relationship experts collaborated to bring you secrets to drama-free love. Proven solutions that singles use to help them find, catch, and keep the right relationship. Get your copy of Secrets to Drama-Free Love at Amazon.com now. 
We've ordered No More Love Life Drama for Us. MarianneLive.com is where you can go to keep up to date with what and where relationship expert, author, and radio host Marianne Camarado is appearing next. Besides Marianne's three radio shows weekdays on HealthyLife.net, you can find out details about upcoming or ongoing seminars and workshops. How about information for ordering copies of books or DVDs? That's also available at MarianneLive.com. Find out about CORE Certification, Certificate of Responsible Relationships, www.MarianneLive.com, CORE Certification, Learning Tools to Attract, Build, and Sustain Great Relationships. Also sign up for Marianne's newsletter to be informed about upcoming events and possible workshops or speaking engagements in the Northern California area, www.MarianneLive.com. What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. HealthyLife.net. Net, the Positive Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you're here. You know, the thing is, is uh, Dr. Travis, uh, myself, uh, anybody else in the helping profession, we're doing the best we can to figure out why uh, the absent father syndrome exists, why uh, men leave, et cetera, et cetera. This is a, a relatively new area of study in the scheme of Western civilization. And, uh, Dr. Travis, you've been making some great strides. You've given us a context. You've given us a new path to forge in understanding um, how this comes about. And uh, now we're going to spend a little bit of time looking at who this affects and uh, rather uh, – the, the sort of the different demographics of people that might be experiencing some issues and what we can do about it uh, during this segment. Um, starting with uh, the helping profession, what can folks in the helping profession do uh, when faced with clients or new folks coming to them uh, expressing issues that may or may not seem related to this? What are they supposed to look for here? Well, the first thing is to look at it in themselves as likely experience some aspect of it that had kids. Uh, I think we're all suffering from what I call normative attachment disorder. Uh, there are so many symptoms of it. Jim Prescott, who came up with the ideas at NIH back in the 70s, called it addiction, depression, and violence were the primary results of this disconnection from American child rearing and birthing. I've added chronic illness, materialism, and greed fundamentalism and ecocide, these are all things that we do because we don't, we aren't feeling connected. And then my special focus is this male postpartum abandonment syndrome, the empath. So uh, I'm not sure I answered your question, though. <laughs> well, I heard, I heard look at it in yourself. Find, find the yeah. truth of it. Really get a sense of how this shows up. And looking at ourselves, I think, is critical as a practitioner. Uh, and obviously get a copy of this book. It is so useful. Why Dads Believe, as Larry Dossi said, it's a brilliant piece of work written by Marin uh, Callender and your contributions, Dr. Travis, 
uh, throughout the book. It's, it's very comprehensive. Okay, so young people, they're thinking about, or, or you know, young or old, now you have so many folks in their 40s, right, having children and beyond. Mm -hmm. um, folks that are about to approach this, what do we want to say to them? What do they want to be mindful of as they start down this, this road of thinking of having a child or another child? Well, the, the first thing is to be aware that it's a huge job and it takes 3.87 adults per infant to adequately meet everyone's needs. So do the math, you know. You need uh, support. You need an extended family. You need a, a tribe, you know. Uh, it's, it's crazy to try to undertake it, but, you know, people don't believe that. And uh, yeah. do some research. And also look at your own relationship, your own wounding, and how uh, you... Um, you deal with it. In my case of my first daughter, I, I knew I wasn't ready to be a father, but in the 70s, divorce wasn't an option. And uh, so I tried to you know, save our marriage by reluctantly becoming a dad. And the consequences of that were, were um, painful. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> survived for two and a half, three years, but uh, I wasn't ready. And I, I, I sort of knew it, but... Uh, nothing like the resources that, that we have now for people to self-assess and, and the awareness of our own psychological wounding. Great, great advice. Now let's talk to the folks that are in relationships, have maybe already children, a new one just has come or just had a new baby and they're thinking of bailing out. What do we want to say to these folks? Well, if they first of all understand what what's happening and it's not their fault, they're in a, an impossible situation, and then get some support, some counseling individually or together, get some other people to help out. That's one of the projects of our new website is uh, helping people find a network, find other people nearby that uh, are willing to uh, play the granny or the auntie or the uncle, and creating your own uh, extended family. Uh, we want to offer an, uh, an oasis for uh, both burned-out helping professionals who are on the front lines dealing with this to share resources and to uh, be able to do their work more effectively by understanding it and, and uh, ideally having uh, an oasis for the, uh, the new parents. That's, that's further down the line. Mm -hmm. Well, your book offers all kinds of resources, breaks down the process as you move into understanding, uh, or rather creating awareness, understanding, and then trying to uh, administer or become part of the healing process, which includes finding uh, and restoring greater connection in, in every aspect to the nuclear relationship, to your past history and so forth. As we come to the top of the hour, what do we want to leave folks with today? A couple of the most important things they can do uh, in relationship to this phenomenon. Well, one is, as you mentioned, to get the book, and they can read a chapter, the first chapter on the whydadbelieve.com website or get the book uh, online. But more important, or a broader approach is this new website we've just launched called connectedandthriving.org, which we're undertaking to reach 10,000 helping professionals in the next three years with this information. And it's also for grandparents and people who've been there and, and know what it's about. And we're adding resources to that. We've got uh, 
lots of information uh, as we form networks. Uh, we'll put that in. It's, we're just getting off the ground. So uh, it's an ongoing process of our project. And uh, well, there's it's a, a lot to an do. Effort, yeah, a lot to do. This is an effort that's epic. It's universal. Uh, particularly in the Western culture, um, mm -hmm. and as you listen in this hour um, and whatever resonance you feel, I can assure you this book will be a, an absolute resource for you, an asset to understanding this phenomenon. Uh, we are here at the top of the hour. What do you want to leave us with, Dr. Travis? Um, look at yourself. Look at your shadow. This is my ongoing struggle of how we project our shadow onto other people to own and take it back. We haven't been talked about shadow. It's all the parts of yourself that you don't think are you. <laughs> and to, uh, to increase your connection, you've got to own your projection. And there's some wonderful tools out there from NBC to Susan Campbell's work, uh, the Mankind Project for Men, uh, the New Warriors. Uh, all these resources are listed on the website for Why Dads Leave and will be on the uh, the new website as well. Um, do your work. Do your work. It's ongoing. We're interviewing professionals like Jed Diamond who've been through it and who share who share videos of how they've held healed their own uh, empath, and uh, hopefully that'll inspire other men and women to do the same. Last quick question. Of the folks that are moving through these, this material, these programs, what are you starting to see? What's the shift that's happening as a result of this raised awareness? Um, I can't answer that. I don't. It's, it's too early to tell. Too early to I, tell? Okay, well, you need to come back and tell us then. So yeah, I, I gonna, hope, that gonna, they're, uh, hope they're getting happier and, and more aware. But uh, uh, yeah. we're just scratching the surface at the very beginning here. Well, shift is happening, and we want to thank you for uh, pointing the way, paving the way. We want to welcome you back anytime here on Marion Live. Thank you so much for your commitment and for joining us today, Dr. Travis. Uh, we really appreciate your work and your passion for helping us thank be you. more aware. Thank you. It's been great. Great. All right, everybody, sit tight. We're going to be back for a wrap right after these messages. I'm relationship expert and radio talk show host Marianne Camarado. And I'm David Raynaud. We want to talk to you for a minute about the changing world of dating and relationships and how self-inquiry can help. I mean, did you know that 44% of the U.S. population is single and over 50% end in divorce? Yet, we spend an average of one-third of our lives trying to find a great relationship or get help with the ones we already have. Yep, that's exactly why we created the first ever of its kind, the Great Relationships Begin Within, Self-Inquiry Divination Deck, because we know what it takes to attract and create a healthy, fulfilling, sustainable relationship. And it's really simple. Sit quietly, close your eyes, turn your attention inward, and draw a card. You can go online right now and get a free reading on Marianne Live and try out the cards. And for under $20, what better way to give yourself a gift of your own attention? We wish you every blessing. We'll see you next time. Check out MarianneLive.com.
stuff, stuff, stuff. Where can I contain all of my stuff? Hmm, how about this? The Container Store, the original storage and organization store. And I found their link on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. They have containers for everything, including the kitchen, the bathroom, trash and recycling, traveling, spring cleaning, and dorm rooms. Just about everything you can think of to contain your stuff. The Container Store, right on the HealthyLife.net advertiser page. HealthyLife.net, where positive overcomes negative. All right, well, you heard it here. We don't know what the results are going to be with this new awareness, but I can feel them inside myself, just the subtle awareness I've managed to glean over these last 20 years has shifted the way that I have become curious and compassionate about this archetypal father, right? We, we need to stay curious. We need to do the work. I love the suggestions from our guest today. To increase your connection, you have to own your projection. I'm going to leave you on that note. Also, invite you to do something good for somebody. Don't let them know you did it today. That's the third part of your practice. And please join us next week. Michael Gelb will be here. The art of connection, right? Seven relationship building skills every leader needs to know. Every person needs to know on the theme of connection. We're bringing it to you right here on Marian Live. All right, everybody. I wish you every blessing. Until next time, go to MarianLive.com for more information. 